Hello, I'm Badis, and welcome to the Implement Podcast. This is a podcast where we have great conversations about marketing, growing brands, and what it takes to be a great marketer. If you're interested in keeping up with the podcast episodes and the amazing content we produce at Implement, you should definitely subscribe to our newsletter. Just go to join-implement.com to subscribe. All right, enough self-promo. Let's dive into this new episode. And thanks again for tuning in. Welcome, everyone, to this new episode of the Implement Podcast. Today, uh, my guest is Kirsten Mormon, who is a marketing manager at DocuSign. Uh, Kirsten, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today uh, and uh, having a chat with me. Uh, before we start, maybe, Kirsten, could you tell us a bit more about yourself? Sure, sure. So uh, my name is Kirsten, and I am originally Dutch. I've moved to the UK about seven, well, cl coming close to seven years ago. So I have my, um, you know, I, I'm allowed to remain in the UK. Uh, which is great and I've always I've really enjoyed uh, coming to the UK I've worked for a lot of different software companies and at the moment I'm working in marketing at DocuSign uh, for the EMEA region. Awesome so you've uh, you've been at DocuSign for how many how many how long now? Um, I'm coming up to one year and four months so um, it's been but it's been a really great ride already it feels a lot longer and I know everybody that joins DocuSign says that because we just get in stuck into it very very quickly and it's amazing. Yeah it's uh, it seems like um, I mean it's a uh, it's sort of a rocket ship from from my side of where I'm sitting as a consumer and uh, I, I've seen it grow like so fast in the past few years uh and you know what are the secrets like are there any secrets like how where, where does this all this growth come from yeah it's I've, i mean i think that docusan in itself is a great brand right it's it started in the us and in the us it's already got its own status of what it is and you know when it starts in the us it's it sometimes take a bit long takes a bit longer to come to the uk or to the to europe in general because there's always these issues with you know, local local storage, right? Data storage. We have our own rights or rules and and legal issues. And then now we even have Brexit, right? So it's even it's become even harder. And it's been going on for years, obviously. I think one of the things is especially with um, you know people going digital. Paper is almost you know we're all working from home nowadays. Even if before the, before COVID. We were all working from home sometimes and then having something sent to your uh, work, to your home and, and taking things home, paper, transferring data. I don't think that is like, it, it's not even GDPR, you know, allowed to take any proper personal data um, and printing as well, right? We all want to also be more green in the sense of not using that much paper. So I think it's all just sort of those things where in our mentality of how we are, how we work, things are just slowly changing and COVID kind of sped it up in the last year as well. Like we're all from home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, it's funny how you talked about, uh, you know, paper being sort of uh, almost illegal now with GDPR and uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny way to look at it. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's true that it's a U.S. brand at the beginning, and uh, it's 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 been like really fast at growing. In uh, I mean, in France, like I know a lot of French companies using DocuSign, and and uh, you know, really quickly, like it's been out there, and uh, 
so really impressive, impressive growth. And so I guess you are uh, focused on sort of the, the Netherlands or the Benelux region, right? Yeah, so one of the amazing things that working within the EMEA marketing team is that we don't, we obviously have a role, right? We have a job title. We, we focus on specific areas. So we have our French, our Dach, our, our UK and I, and we have obviously our Benelux region. So that is very much Netherlands, Belgium and Luxembourg, and that is my region. But we all, we all talk to each other, but we also work on similar projects together. We all have to take lead in like um, very much global or EMEA specific projects. So this really get, keeps us together rather than working alongside each other on different projects. And we make sure that the efforts that we do like are really great and you know, make sure that we all are aligned on it. And I think that is something that is, aside from sales being connected to marketing, which is very important, it also means that the marketing team should work as a whole and together. And I think that sometimes gets forgotten because when you start growing, then you have so many different departments and everybody is doing their own thing. But how is everything connected? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. The, the question of uh, territories and sort of the organization of the, of the marketing teams. Um, so DocuSign is obviously a, a large company now, but uh, um, I'm always interested, like, how do you guys sort of, uh, because from what I understand, DocuSign is targeting a lot of, like, different sizes of companies. Am I right? Like, it's, it's uh, so I don't know, maybe you could confirm on that, but it's like, for me, it goes from large enterprise to smaller businesses. Um, and so, and you have, like, you're present in so many countries. So how do you sort of divide the, the, the campaigns, the channels? Um, you know, how do you sort of organize all this? Like, I'd love a sort of a walkthrough of your, almost like the org chart of, of uh, who takes care of what and, uh, you know, and I'd love to know more about that. I'll try and keep it obviously as, um, you know, within the lines as possible, because, you know, there's so many things that we can't share and obviously some of yeah. the things that we can share, right? Sure. So it's it's just as a structure, it's it basically, there's obviously different departments, right? So we have product marketing, we have the, the normal marketing that does the sort of the field and the digital um, side of things, but then we also have our specific digital team that advises us. We have uh, a marketing operations team. And we all have this all, everybody has this specialism. So although we are quite in, in our roles, we are quite everywhere at the same time, we're almost more like project managers, right? Yeah. We are making sure that things are guided in the right way because you have design and then you need to get, make sure that everybody is working on time and deadlines are set. So we do have this whole process of making sure we, we create a ticket. So we do it yeah. for the ticket, ticket system, make sure that everybody is involved and that we're all, making sure that we are following those uh, those lines. But also when you come back to all these different sizes of, of companies, um, for example, in, in the how it's divided is you can say we have roles specifically focusing on uh, the smaller companies and the mid-sized companies. So we're very much a commercial side. Um, but then we also have the, the larger um, entities, right? And that is kind of my, where I'm working at, um, sort of looking at that. And, you know, as we as we grow, things change, roles change, how we structure it. So it really is. It comes with growth, and I and and I, I'm sure that in the US they work very differently to what we do. They are very much more focused on making sure they have content focusing on specific lines of businesses, which is obviously also very important, or of specific sectors. So. Mm -hmm. 
we make sure we follow, like, we're, you need to look at us in EMEA as more of a startup, right? Almost like a, 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 it's, yeah. A, a yeah, how do you even say it? it it's a proper startup, but yeah. from a bigger, like, from a bigger company, um, but locally. So we all, you need to see us as a different entity almost. Mm. So you're very project focused and sort of, uh, yeah. yeah, organized based on projects more than territory or targeting or channels or things like that. Yeah, because there's so much crossover, right? The product yeah. in itself, and I think one of the things I definitely need to mention is that DocuSign doesn't just isn't just e-signature, right? Mm. We we don't just sell e-signature, and we are a bigger company than that. We we sell a proper solution that takes you from the preparation of of an agreement all the way to uh, managing them. So that means that you go through the whole cycle from preparing uh, an agreement to signing it to then um, acting upon it, getting things sorted, getting the services out to then managing it for, for example, renewals. And this is all part of the whole system where we come, CLM comes in place, Jan, mm. analyzing documents. Because if you look at it, it last year when, when COVID started, mm. that moment where people thought, oh, do we have a force majeure clause in our contracts? Can we get out of this contract? How are we going to deal with this? What is the financial impact if we don't have a force majeure? And the easiest way to then do that is there's an AI um, technology that we have acquired and in the last year and that we have implemented into our into our um, our, our product that you can look for those specific clauses and that is what makes that solution so valuable for a lot of people like in the legal industry, for example, in the legal departments, we all know that they have to do a lot of the hard work when it comes to like mm. reading the fine print. So there's so much more to, you know, what we do and there's so much crossover. Yeah. And even if you think of it, me as well, um, before I started the DocuSign, I used DocuSign a lot. My um, yeah. SMB, uh, SMB company I used to work for used it, um, which was, and you can like just sign it and read through it. And you can always refer back to it. You never have to go and look in that pile of old mm. piece of paper to look for your contract and look for a clause that's in there. Um, and me, I sign with DocuSign a lot. Um, I just yeah. bought a house which is, uh, you know, Congrats. quite an interesting, thank you. And it's actually funny, like you should be able to buy a house with DocuSign only, but in the UK, we're not as far as that. We're slowly getting there in the UK. Um, in the US, you can easily do it. Um, but I still had to print out some things and which was very annoying. And I have a big pack of paper now, but it would have been so much better if I could have just gotten everything through DocuSign. So even yeah. me as a personal person, I, I use things to sign, just upload a document and sign. But like I said, it's almost for everybody. There's so much crossover. Yeah, absolutely. That's what really what's uh, amazing with this product. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's getting there. I mean, probably in a few years, you'll be able to buy a house with just, uh, you know, online. But uh, in France, it's the same. Like, you need to go through a lot of notarial process and you need to go to an office and sit down with a guy. And uh, actually, I, I did this, um, you know, two years ago. And um, the, I don't know how to say this, but the notaire in France, we say like the notary, uh, I mean, the, the person basically registering the transaction just installed uh, electronic signature, but in the office. So I'm mm. like, okay, I could have probably done this from home, but <laughs> no, I had to sign in electronically in his office, but you know, it's uh, probably it's gonna get there. So yeah, and what did you do before joining DocuSign? You mentioned that you, you came from the Netherlands. Uh, you, you know, I, I know you like, you obviously had a, long career before that like to tell us more about that 
Yeah, no worries. So, well, when I moved from the Netherlands to the UK, it was actually because I really wanted to do a master's degree, but I also really loved the UK. I don't know how it happened. It just happened, right? I just loved it. I ended up doing uh, my majors in um, public relations and corporate communications in London. And it was, you know, it was really fun. And after that, I just literally rolled into software as a service, which actually in the Netherlands, I was always sort of in, in doing some projects here and there. I was already, I already had some jobs, like almost like a freelancer almost in, in within, within technology sector. And I think for me, it's always drawn me. I, I always have been very technical, right? I always love technology. So it's easy for me to understand. So why not do something in, in marketing industry and we're growing, it's becoming so much more important. So I've been with uh, different companies that um, offered uh, recruitment software, um, you know, and I've been in different, different sizes of companies and it always it's actually started for me as I love communications, right? So internal yeah. communication, social media, but that grew into, I don't really know if social media, I enjoy doing it anymore because for, when you do it for a job, it's not as fun anymore. <laughs> um, that grew into like creating content that grew into doing then the marketing. And I started doing all these different things. And I think one of my, the, like the most notable companies I've worked for where I've really started to find out what I love doing was Kylo. Um, it's a Scottish company and they're based in Orkney Islands. Um, and they basically do, they're an SI partner of a, uh, a recruitment platform called Bullhorn. So basically what I did um, is, is really everything. I was the only marketing person there and I was the marketing manager. I was doing mm -hmm. events. I was designing, I was printing. I was like, I was very hands-on and we had a very small budget. Mm -hmm. So, and I love working on a budget. I grew up living on a budget. So for me, it was becoming creative. Yeah. How am I going to do this event with this amount of budget, getting the design to look nice? And it was um, it was um, tough at times, but you know, it was me running to the printer, carrying a big box on my shoulder, running back to the office. And um, yeah, that was really my life. And I really enjoyed that time. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds like you're really passionate about marketing, and I, I love like meeting people like you, and this is why I I, I do this podcast. Um, so yeah, I I know the feeling that uh, you sort of get into it, and uh, and especially when you when you start by really doing everything yourself, this is really where you can fall in love with the with the with the practice, uh, because you're not so sort of, um, you know, caught up in, a, in, in such a heavy process of a larger company where you need to, you know, do through, go through so many things to just, you know, uh, start something. And, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think this is really where you, you fall in love with, with, uh, with marketing. Myself, it was uh, with entrepreneurship and I did some internships as well. And uh, it's really where I understood like how, how powerful it is and, uh, and really got to start getting excited about it. So, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really cool. So you you talking about that that first experience? You were you were doing everything and you managed to do it with a little budget. So how do you, how did you sort of what kind of uh, projects were you doing that didn't cost that much that you could share with us and things that worked and things that didn't? And it, it's really varied, right? So I was the point of contact for all of, um, for example, HR. HR did this, and they are because they were a very small company, and them, them as well, they are living on a budget in a way, right? They, everybody they hire, they're doing it on a budget, but they also want to give back. 
to local people. So the, basically their headquarters is in Orkney in Scotland on an island. And they were looking to, to hire people locally because they want to give back to the island. They're like the only proper IT or software company on the island. And people find that really amazing. Like you always, like there's only 20,000 people on that island. So it's really interesting. And some people might move back to Orkney that, you know, have moved away for like education or anything else. And they were trying to go to universities in and around that area. So North of Scotland or even in Orkney to attract young people or, you know, educate them on what is possible with your career, even locally. And I helped them create a, um, a brochure that got printed to you know to make sure that they um, educated them they gave away some tips on you know this is how you make a cv this is how you apply for a job well this is what you need to do to work in technology and to really give them that inspiration almost on thought leadership but also from a kylo perspective those things were just great to do to work together with hr which i think marketing should be connected with all of these different departments to make sure that we promote the business as well as you can. And I think that was a big part of my job as well, making sure that we put jobs online, we presented them well, we put digital um, sort of advertisements behind it, like making sure we promoted that online and Facebook and LinkedIn to make sure we attract the right people because it's very hard to attract people in that location. And, but we, yeah, it was a challenge, but it was a fun challenge really. And we did, we did well. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. I mean, it's um, uh, the the most I think the most simple and <coughs> sorry the most uh, uh, you know uh, uh, how can I say this? What's the opposite of fancy? Like the most uh, common and basic ideas are sometimes the best. Like really, yeah. it's uh, it's crazy how sometimes you can overthink and come up with like crazy ideas or that are like you know cool but at the end of the day uh very simple tactics work and uh mm-hmm. and yeah it's uh it's something that i think is um you come back to the more marketing experience you have the more like you come back to the basics exactly um, and yeah and talking about like budgetless marketing and you know basically yeah working with what you have uh, i feel like one of the things that uh marketers are not doing enough when talking about companies that don't have a lot of budget is not pushing their content enough. And I mean that, uh, you know, you, you rely so much on, on, on paid traffic because it's, it's easier, but there are like so many ways to, um, to, 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 to push your content, to put it out there. And especially nowadays with all the, the communities out there, all the, the partnerships yeah. you can build with, uh, niche groups, uh, niche influencers, um, and uh, I feel like this is really the the, the big thing that uh, a lot of people are missing out on right now. Just uh, just promoting your content on your own without having to to pay the big platforms uh, by by going out there and uh, and yeah, finding the communities. Like I've I've just discovered uh, how 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 easy it is to 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 work on Reddit right now. Like this is something I'm mm. I'm, I'm into. And uh, like Reddit is is a huge platform for just finding audience there, and uh, most of it is like, uh, I mean, it's, it's free, but like most of it is just a little bit of hard work. Like it's a little bit of okay, I need to transpose my content to make it shareable on this group. Uh, okay, it's gonna take me a little bit of time, but at the end of the day, like I'm really paying nothing 
to get my content in front of the right people. And so, yeah, I don't know, just my, my little, <laughs> just wanted my, my, add my little uh, thing on, on I agree. marketing. You know. I, I, agree, I agree with that. I think one of the things that I heard um, a lot from my managers at previous companies was, oh, go onto these groups on Facebook. Or the, the people who manage those groups, right? They won't always accept everything that you post in there, like an ebook or anything. Like it's, it's not always relevant to them or they're not interested in those kind of types of content. And they want to make sure that everything within that group is fun and enjoyable mm-hmm. for those people. Um, and I think we always take the easy route, right? We, are we actually putting quality time into it or are we just, you know, pushing out things because, you know, we just want to get it out and done over and done with and try and expand our reach. So same with like, um, you know, a lot of companies wanting to start a podcast, which is great. It's, but is your topic interesting enough to be listened to as a company? Because you basically need an influencer marketer to really understand the audience and to actually create specific content for it. So I think it's such a, a thin line as well between, you know, what the company wants. Do you also want to actually get to that audience? Do you have the resources for it? Do you want or do you really, really want it? So um, a lot of the time, a lot of the original types of marketing are so comfortable and easy to, to work with that we almost forget about, you know, what's new, what can come in. But mm-hmm. it's hard to keep up, isn't it? It's very hard to keep up with all of those new ways of getting to your audience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, and uh, it's uh, talking about the podcast. Um, I think it's another sort of budgetless operation. You can uh, you can really get a lot of uh, you know good things from, from because it's uh, for us like we've just started this in November, and uh, I've like recording this this episode right now. Uh, if you're listening, I'm I've, this is like my fifty first episode that I'm recording with uh, with Kirsten, and so it's. Uh, it's been a, a lot of fun to do, and I think it's uh, it's something that uh, is an accelerator for creating content as well because we get so much out of it, um, and just uh, the reshare potential of the guests and the people who support us, etc. It's uh, it's really a, a great way to sort of uh, create content out of it. Like for example, um, I need to for example uh, you know talk to an expert in an area. Um, and because I want to write a piece or write an ebook about that specific topic, um, inviting them to the podcast and having a sort of a 40 minute conversation about the topic is going to really accelerate so much, uh, my, my writing process, because I have, I have their, their knowledge and their expertise, and I can just learn from them, uh, really fast. Um, so yeah, just another, it's another idea. If you don't have a lot of, <laughs> a lot of money to spend on content writers and, uh, uh, and, and building content, uh, the podcast I think could be uh, could be a great a uh, great thing. So yeah, you know, uh, it's um, there's so many things you could do that are really budgetless, and uh, and I feel like it's uh, uh, it's almost too too easy to spend money sometimes that you're, yeah. you're feeling a bit lazy and you're like, hey, let's just just do it. But uh, in fact, it's it's not necessary, and you you can really do a lot with not much. it's it's absolutely true i think the main thing is is having the resources as well because you need to make sure that you put the manpower behind um what you want to do i'm saying manpower is such a it's such a common word isn't it why not female power but um (laughs) let let's gender neutralism is uh, still hard uh but yeah let's let's you know put some put some power behind it and 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 sometimes the resources are quite hard and i think one of the, the goals as well is um 
for me personally as well to work for the company that thinks about sustainability. And I think then it becomes quite hard as well. It's like, how can we be sustainable on a budget? And the same with Kylo as we did before, right? We, you know, when you give away um, like a gift, like, you know, those giveaways at the events, we all love them, right? We go to these events and we're like, oh, I want those things, but they're all plastic. Um, are they sustainable? Um, are we doing the right thing here? Uh, they're just making them, giving them away. And what do we do with them? We put them in a drawer and then we throw them away. Yeah eventually over time because we've, we've realized that either the cables are broken of those amazing charging usb yeah. thingies and those things just don't work anymore and it's, it's a waste of money it's a waste of the environment it's just adding more and more and more to that sort of wastage especially with the fate with the face masks as well right now you see them everywhere on the street so for me that has been always been a very important part of my marketing strategy in the way i do things so Two things I've done that I think are are remarkable is we've we've introduced when we actually went to an event in America. Is we took those collapsible coffee uh, mugs. Um, I know they're still they're still um, plastic, but you know you see them everywhere, right? So they're really good for the environment, easy to clean. And you can you know when you finish a cup of coffee and you have one of those those um, refillable reusable cups. You don't know where to put them because they're big and in the ones. Um, the Stojo cups, I know, I don't know if you know them, um, but in the UK, no, they're well, kind of, you can buy them anywhere. I, I found yeah. that like in America, they've never heard of them before. Yeah. Um, yeah, and another thing is, what, yeah. I don't know if, you, if you've ever thought about a plant, giving a plant that people can put on their desk, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that the actual the plant pot that they come in is is also is also good or reusable um we actually gave them a um a bean a mm -hmm. few beans with the brand's name on it it was basically i don't know how they do it that they burn it on it you just put it in the soil that you get with it you know water it and it actually grows out and the leaf actually has the brand on it still so mm -hmm. if you think of new ways of doing this it was very cheap very very cheap to do this but it's such a nice and innovative way because plants mm -hmm. They're good. Yeah, it's a uh, fun ideas. I've never heard of the of the branded plant. It's a it's a it's a cool idea. Um, it's a, it's interesting the topic of um, of sustainable marketing and and conscious marketing and and uh, doing the, these things. I uh, I've actually we spent we spent some time um, we're spending some time with Lucy on on writing a sort of a guide on this because there's a lot of marketers interested in how they can market in a more yeah, responsible way in general, and uh, yeah, I think it's a uh, it's it's a really interesting topic as well for sure. Um, you know, I I'm uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's all it's hard to think about this topic when you're doing digital marketing in general because like most of it has, I mean, it does have a footprint on the environment because you know email and data or uh, you know yeah. generating CO two and and and. But it's uh, it's true that for anything physical, I think yeah, it should it should be uh, uh, it should be definitely recyclable. It should be sustainable. Um, I think it's it's a very important thing to do for sure. Yeah. Do do you um, print as well still? Or I know there's no events, right? So there's almost nothing to print for. But do you yeah. do you still print any like flyers or anything? No, we 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 don't personally, but uh, we. Like it's it's uh, it's something that I've seen a lot and a lot of companies do and uh, it's still it's still something that uh, 
I think is uh, is unnecessary for for many different reasons. But uh, it's just my opinion. I mean, I understand the the power of of you know having a, needing a flyer for a, an event or anything. But I don't know. It's uh, there's so many tools right now. When people are connected, they have their smartphone. If you're doing an event, yeah. like just uh, just uh, you know have a have a QR code or something to you know to share your page. You don't need to hand them anything. Like it's uh, I don't know. It feels I, I definitely share your insight about how it feels unnecessary, probably detrimental mm -hmm. to to the environment. Um, so why why bother really? But yeah, exactly. And and then uh, even during virtual events, you can put a QR QR code on your slides, and at the end of the event, right, you can get people to even download something from there. And and if yeah. you know if there's no follow up per email um, or events where you don't get the leads, because those happen as well. You know, third party events, you don't get the leads. Well, how do you get your um, your content across? Um, I don't know if you've you've done a lot of virtual events in the last year. Uh, not at all, <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I've I've had a lot of uh, guests that uh, that that you know managed some of them, went to some of them. So yeah, it's uh, um, no, I've I've not, I've not been to any so far. But uh, yeah, is this something yeah. you guys have been doing? Yeah, we had to turn it around. So we had our. Um... We had our sales kickoff um, last year when everything started, right? And we didn't decide at last minute, you know what? No international, nothing, no traveling. Let's just do it live without an audience, right? Only yeah. virtual. So, uh, and that was the same with our with our yearly event, Momentum, which is now happening in April, April the 15th in the UK. Um, so that is something that is, again, last year was the first time we did it virtually. And it's so different because you need to make sure that everybody's audio quality is good. And you, you have the same with this podcast, making sure the internet is on, audio quality is good, that everybody is doing the right thing. And, and with webinars, it's the same, right? We've already been doing webinars before COVID even, but even now it's more important. And what's happening with all of the technical stuff? You know, I actually had a webinar the other day and there was something not ticked. And then we had to all log out and tick it to, get people to video to work and these things happen in any event and they're no, almost working from home you know having a cat jump up on my desk or having a dog bark or oh sorry I need to get a parcel it's so normal nowadays but because when you have such a, a big event with so many people coming to your event and you want it to be perfect and it's it's almost hard and I think a lot of companies record everything beforehand mm -hmm. and edit it just I know it's not live, but you know everybody's watching it live. You know nobody's seen it before except for the editors, and it still brings that community feeling. And I think we always have to decide like, what are we going to do? Are we going to do it live? Are we going to not going to do it live? And I think it's always a combination of those two. Yeah, and uh, did did you guys like have a sort of you know got a, a good uh, good benefits out of it? Did you people enjoy it? And uh, what are yes. sort of the, the results? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Like I said, thought leadership, right? As a company, if you don't do thought leadership, if you're just out there pushing, oh, we love, you know, we, we, we love our products, please buy our products because we're the best. And like, yeah, we're all the best, right? In our eyes, we're all the best. Um, and whether or not you are the best, you're there to educate people on, on things. You're there to inspire them. And this is all what we all want to hear. When I come to a webinar and they're all saying, oh, buy our products. I'm like, well, I don't really need your product. I just want to hear your insight. Yeah. Then last year we had this uh, amazing, uh, we had this amazing astronaut. Um, was it Tim Cook? 
is it that I think in France we had another one. I have to be really honest with you, I'm bad at names, which is probably the worst thing about me and my professionalism is me remembering names. Um, but that mm -hmm. is everybody has their own their own things. But we had this astronaut talking about you know going out into space, what it is to really work remotely, right? Mm -hmm. That is something amazing. Like they are actually working remotely so far away from <laughs> Earth. They have to do all these things. So, you know, it was a very amazing topic to have at that time when we all started to work from home. Yeah. That inspired so many people, including me. And yeah. I think it's just something that we need to take into consideration when we do do something, make it relevant. Yeah. Yes, you can turn it into something that is about your product, but you're, it's more about the inspiration you give to people and educate them and, and make them understand, hey, how can I do things slightly different? If that includes your product, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's really most of uh, the sort of the, uh, the insight and conclusion from people running virtual events this year that were I actually had uh, uh, someone who, uh, who was like specialized in events, events marketing. Uh, she's been doing this like for like most of her career. And she told me how she needed to reinvent her job basically and, and, yeah. and, and go virtual. And the, the, the conclusion of the episode uh, is with uh, Tamana Faizi, and it, it, will, it will come up uh, soon. Uh, but it, she, she told me that uh, it really doesn't matter about, you know, the sort of the, the, the way you operate the event. What matters is, uh, is how, how good the content is. Like you said, just the, how inspirational it is, how relevant it is. And, uh, and yeah, it's true that it needs to be even more uh, focused on the, the the quality of the content because people can switch off now much faster. Uh, so if you, I mean, they're not like at an event physically where they're sort of trapped in a room with, you know, uh, a lot of people. They 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 can just switch off. And so you need to invest yeah. even more in the quality of the speakers, in the uh, the quality of the content. Uh, mm. You know, uh, one of the one of the things that uh, just it's it's one of the things I noticed with running webinars is uh, probably not share the replay uh, as well. It uh, it's actually something that uh, keeps people in. Uh, mm -hmm. I know it's it's a bit of a of a shady tactic, but uh, if you want really people to focus, then you shouldn't probably offer them a replay because they they always find a way to to disconnect mm -hmm. and say, hey, I'll watch it later. I don't I don't mind. I mean, it's just just something we noticed running webinars. But uh, yeah, I mean. For sure, the content is uh, is even more important than than ever. I think. Yeah, I think I think we should we still shouldn't be stingy though with our with our content, right? I think making sure that we have the recording available, you know, gives you on-demand opportunities. And what I actually think is, I know we all want to get lead data. I know we all want to know who's been looking at what, who's been downloading this. But by actually making a lot more gated content ungated, so the ones that they think that they actually need, they actually will come back to download gated content. And by giving them that opportunity to learn without having to give their data, it makes them feel a lot more at home. And I think we are still a bit uncomfortable with that. We are very uncomfortable with that. And I think there's so much more that we can offer people to draw them in and yeah. to educate them without them having to pay for it, essentially. Right. Yeah. right? But I, I obviously still believe in tracking, right? We And, mm -hmm. and, and from a marketing perspective, there is this thing where we have to get numbers and the numbers decide on how we are performing. And if we don't track people, then also we are, you know, we're, we're not, we're not doing enough apparently. Right. So we always need to think about the numbers versus the awareness as well. How do they work together? How do they balance out? We all have our targets, but how can we make sure that we are friendly to our leads? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, yeah, the talking about the tracking thing and, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, it's a topic where it really depends how, how sort of down the funnel your event is and, uh, mm -hmm. how, how, how relevant it is to, to selling because, uh, you know, exactly. it's for me, for me, like webinars, they're starting to become this very high funnel, uh, thing like top of funnel. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's not as um, as uh, as rare as it used to be. It's not as precious as a content as it used to be. So yeah, like it shouldn't be gated as much. It shouldn't be sort of salesy as much because it's not that relevant anymore. But I mean, this is just my opinion. Um, yeah. So cool. I um, you know we've talked about many things. Uh, it's uh, it, it's it's been uh, yeah it's. Uh, it's been a, you know, we talked about budgetless marketing, about virtual mm -hmm. events. I want to talk about, about you, uh, you know, Kirsten, as, as a marketer for, to, to kind of end the episode. And uh, I, I, I've sensed like all the, during all this recording, I sense that you're really passionate about your job, about your, about marketing in general. And I just want to talk about that. Like what's really, what gets you motivated as a marketer? Like what do you really enjoy by doing this? And have you ever thought about it? Yeah, I, so I'm a really, I'm a people's person. Um, and this is something I found out because I love solving problems and I love making people happy. So although marketing is very, you know, salesy, we're trying to sell a product, which is, you know, it's just how it is, but we're trying to position our, um, our product as good as possible. But my main thing is I love working together with sales. I love making that relationship with them because that's vital. I need to know what's going out going on out there with our um i guess target group right the audience that we are trying to get in and, and and draw in where we're here to make you know aside from selling it's not just about selling and giving them something that they can't use it's about giving them a solution right so we're there to help them okay if it, if it doesn't fit you it doesn't fit you you know but if our solutions fit you amazing we can help you we want to actually draw you in we want you to understand that how amazing it is um and i, I yes i know we you pay for the product right it's a thing that we do. It's the world we live in. But that doesn't mean like that, that doesn't mean that our product doesn't make your life easier. So making sure we have that that synergy, synergy between sales and marketing, making sure that they sell the right way with the right assets, right? We make um, their lives easier. We give them content. I genuinely try to give them or make their job the easiest by giving them sequences that they can work with. I create them for them because they don't always have time to do that. They need to draw in the sales, right? I give them the content. I make sure they are up to date. I ask them, what do you think? Is this event good? Do you want to do something with us? And also collaboration. I'm currently working on a project for May um, to do a, a, an online event very much around a specific topic of import-export, um, especially with Brexit. And I think this is a really good topic. And I didn't come up with this. I mean, I thought about similar things, but not that specific thing because I my my AE came to me and said Kirsten I want really want to do this because this is relevant and I said this is relevant there's changes been changes mm. let's do it let's let's go and work on it together this is amazing this motivates me people coming up with ideas of their own not saying oh marketing should do this no it's us together we are in this together right mm. and that's what makes me really happy is people wanting to write blogs in my previous company as well I had a weekly blog of the sales team. Everybody wrote a blog and I said to them, listen guys, it doesn't have to be sales, right? It doesn't just have to be about the product. 
write about something you're passionate about and compare it to mm. their struggles, how they can improve it. And a lot of the guys, sales is very dominated by males, have to be honest. Um, we They were talking about their favorite football club. They were talking about tying shoelaces and how it's, you know, how that relates to recruitment in that time. And, 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 you know, how, um, how running or cycling is a part of their life and how life easier is. It was really innovative how they were coming up with marketing ideas. And we just triggered them to say, Hey, collaborate with us. So you can put on your blog and the person who gets the most views or the most, whatever they, you win something, right? You give an incentive. That's how sales work. And it's not even a big incentive, but make it interactive with sales. They are the key to successful marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how you talk about this because uh, it seems like you're, uh, you're an enabler, like uh, in the sense that um, I'm kind of, I'm asking like this, these questions of, you know, what motivates you to a lot of different marketers and, and, and I'm, I'm building this sort of a categorization in my mind. And uh, I think enablers are people who thrive on, enabling people to really succeed and do something uh, positive with, with, you know, mm-hmm. add something positive in their life. So you talked about how you do this with the sales team, about how you do this with the, with the clients in the end, like as a result of your work, mm-hmm. uh, how you do this with the, with your colleagues, how, and it's, 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 it's great that you found, you found this, uh, yeah, this, this motivation uh, in, as a marketer, I think it's a really cool one. And, uh, and yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's great it's uh it's contagious <laughs> you're, yeah you're uh, you're teamwork. a very person <laughs> oh, yeah. teamwork is for me such a like if, if the team is working out well you know if it's not forced upon you if it's just a nice natural thing it's such a good feeling i love lifting up other people i love i i love you know it's nice to hear well done kirsten it's amazing right but if there were other people in the project. I'd love to give everybody that credit because everybody plays a role. How big or how small, doesn't matter. It's just all about you collaborate. You made each other's job easier and, and nicer. This is what makes um, working at DocuSign really great because everybody that works in our in our team is so nice. They're so good at working together. Yes, sometimes projects aren't easy, but they're so nice. We're all mm-hmm. trying really hard. So it's... It, it really, nobody is inaccessible. People that are senior, they're accessible. How amazing is that? You don't feel like, oh, this person's too senior. Can I reach out to them? Yes, they might be busy. Yes, they might take longer to respond, but they're accessible. And this is a part of teamwork as well. And I love that. Yeah, that's great. Um, thanks for sharing all this with us. And uh, and I, I really learned a lot from, from this conversation. So so thanks a lot. And uh, maybe to, to sort of wrap this up, do you... Maybe can can you tell us where we can reach uh, reach you online if people want to connect with you or find out more about you? Sure, sure. So I'm on Twitter. I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm not that active anymore uh, because I'm more of an Instagram person trying to build my own brand when it comes down to uh, doing my own things on the side. But you can always find me at Kirsten Moorman on Twitter and uh, similar on Instagram um, and obviously on LinkedIn. Same. Very straightforward. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kirsten. Thank you so much for having me.